If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Hope you're having a fantastic day. So excited to be here today because we're going to be spending some time this week talking about how the Affordable Care Act will affect the senior marketplace this year, a topic that is incredibly important, and this is part two of our 10-part series that we have put together on this program to help you, the listener, make the appropriate benefit and financial decisions that you have coming up in a rocky open enrollment period that is really just around the corner. The school, the summer is over. I can't tell you what this year has flown by. Kids are already back at school. Football season's about to start, and before you know it, it's going to be November and the Thanksgiving season, and all of a sudden you're going to have some difficult health insurance decisions to make, whether you're an individual, a business, or a senior. And so we're going to take the time to talk about some of the issues that seniors will be facing this week. 402-342-1290 is the number. 402-342-1290 is the number. We're going to be joined by Stuart Sloanen uh, as contributor extraordinaire today. He's going to be uh, filling us with many, many great facts about all of these issues and then also joined in Shotgun by Brian Munderlow here again this week. He's going to be providing some of his analysis uh, on the Medicare supplement and uh, Medicare Advantage and Part D plans, which are also critical components for employers. Before we dive in, wanted to take a few moments to talk about some of the news that happened this week, breaking news in that Aetna, the third largest insurer in the country, we've reported on this program for over a year now, the tidal wave of mergers and acquisitions in the healthcare and insurance industry. And we're continuing to see the uh, aftermath of that. Aetna trying to take over Humana, and actually, that reason kind of bodes into uh, what we're talking about today because the reason Aetna found Humana attractive was because of their strong Medicare presence in the marketplace. But the Department of Justice in July really shook things up when they decided to sue these companies and try and block these mergers in federal court through the Department of Justice's antitrust division. And this is really shaking things up, and they also are doing the same to two other uh, mega insurance companies that are out there. And this has really uh, caused a lot of volatility in the marketplace. And this week, just to add uh, some of the some of the fuel to the fire, I found it was interesting is not only did Aetna pull out of all but four states, Nebraska and Iowa, fortunately, are going to be okay because they're two of the four states that are included. But I was on the radio uh, this week in Kansas City with our friend Tom Becca uh, in Missouri, uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, where he's on, and what was interesting is that uh, Missouri, in Missouri, Aetna is the largest insurance provider right now, and so they are going to have much, much less choice. And uh, some fuel was added to the fire this week when a, a letter through a Freedom of Information request uh, surfaced from the CEO of Aetna to the Department of Justice saying that they literally would pull out of these ACA marketplaces should the Department of Justice decide to block uh, all of these things. And so this is something that is going to be continued to be watched. Uh, the aftermath is just now beginning. Two weeks ago, we spent some time talking about how this affects the employer marketplace. Coming up next segment, we're going to take uh, a deep dive into how this affects the senior marketplace uh, and all of the issues that are associated with that, because it is a really, really interesting year. We've been sounding the warning now for four years, but we're sounding the warning for 2014 because there's going to be, or 2017, because there's going to be some major things. So when we come back, we're going to be joined by Stuart Slonen, from, president of SIG Consulting, also Brian Munderlow here. We're going to be looking at First on the agenda, health care costs for seniors in 2017. How do the numbers look? This is an incredibly important point because many seniors are on fixed incomes 
and healthcare costs keep going to rise, and seniors are the segment that utilizes it the most. So we're going to get it kicked off with that when we come back. This is America's Healthcare Challenge. Check out our Facebook page com slash America's Healthcare Challenge, where we had last segment, uh, last week's episode, where uh, our guest revealed uh, a secret that everybody can do that can take some 25 minutes a day that can allow them to live much longer. Check out the Facebook page for that answer, and we'll be back right after this. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Now that you've heard of Sean mcguire and healthreformexplained.com maybe it's time for his team to assess your company's situation we have innovative strategies to help navigate this new maze created by the affordable care act for more go to healthreformexplained.com you are listening to america's Healthcare challenge on news talk 1290 news talk 1290 koil.com and the news talk 1290 mobile app once again, here's Sean McGuire. And welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. We've got a great uh, set of uh, things to cover, cover to cover this segment here uh, on the show. And uh, this is the second episode of our 10-part benefits series that is going to be giving you, the consumer, tools that you need to make the right selections in the upcoming open enrollment season. And we've got uh, Stuart Sloan on the line. Also, Brian here in the studio. Brian, good morning. Greetings, Sean. We get to talk about my favorite governmental program today. Medicare. A lot of people like it. A lot of people are on it. 10,000 people a day. Stuart Sloan is the president of SIG Consulting. He's a contributor here on America's Healthcare Challenge. And um, Stuart, uh, I'm going to start with you. Uh, healthcare costs for seniors in 2017. Big issue all the way around. How are the numbers looking so far? Well, it's another one of those scary segments, uh, Sean. Uh, the cost for seniors, like everything else in the healthcare care uh, space, is going to go up. It's going to be substantial. Um, the majority of retirees okay, will purchase policies to cover Medicare deductibles and co-pays that would otherwise be paid out of pocket. Uh, expenses without some type of help without a policy Currently, it's $1,260 for a hospital uh, visit uh, and $147 for a Medicare Part B, plus a 20% uh, copay for most services. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the numbers are going up. They're going to be uh, uh, up substantially. Uh, Medicare and Medicaid laws uh, that, that uh, began in 1965, over the last 50 years, Healthcare cost inflation has averaged well above six percent. Uh, any even in some cases exceeded ten percent at times. Uh, the U.S. Department uh, actuary projected that Medicare inflation is going to continue about six percent for the next decade. Wow. And that's going to vary between five and seven percent for at least the next eight years. Yeah, uh, you know, from my perspective, there's lots of different ways that, you know, seniors kind of get their their health insurance. And the the basic one is just Medicare Part A and B, which uh, can be an 80-20 split where the enrollee pays 20% of the costs. And those those individuals specifically are going to feel kind of feel the burn uh, year over year on their medical costs. And the carriers uh, that are that are providing the, the products as well. Uh, we'll, you know, have to pass those costs on to consumers as well. So we are seeing, um, you know, on, on the advantage side, uh, out-of-pockets are, are, are increasing uh, quite a bit, and they're having to reduce some of the added benefits that are built into those policies. Uh, just a, a few of the things, and they're, you know, getting ready to release their plans for 2017. So we're, we're kind of like whole, you know, getting our fingers crossed uh, for this for this coming year to see what they're going to look like. Yeah, this is a, a big issue also for, for Americans as, as taxpayers because Americans are picking up the majority of the bill for Medicare beneficiaries, and if health care costs continue to be going up, without question, it's going to have to leave 
uh, lead to uh, some higher taxes down the road as well. Stuart, do you see these numbers slowing down anytime soon? No, I think it's really important, as you say, to take a deep dive and see where they're occurring and where they're going to you know, uh, be uh, coming from. Uh, on the premium side, 21% is coming from hospitals, doctors, and tests. Uh, 12% is coming from prescription drugs. 33% is coming from supplemental premiums. And 5.1% uh, is coming from dental uh, premiums. As far as the out-of-pocket side of the ledger, hospital and doctors and tests cost 4.1% uh, of that uh, increase. Prescription drugs out-of-pockets are 4.7%. Hearing and vision is 15.7, and the dental out-of-pockets is 3.2%. Uh, again, this is where the costs are coming from. This is where the inflationary aspect of premiums and costs are going to be for that Medicare uh, you know, person. Do you have any suggestions for for people that are that are out there listening, guys, that um, you know might be be hearing this and saying, "Well, what, what's going to happen? I'm on a fixed income right now with Social Security. Are there any options out there that they might need to be aware of?" Well, the thing is this: um, you have to take a look at the total costs. In other words, what are the costs uh, going to be, and how's going to affect this particular person? Um, for people, a healthy 65 year old is going to have approximately $144,000 of, of monies required to fund these expenses. For a female, obviously with a, with a longer lifespan, you're looking at about $156,000. So what is the actual cost, which is the way we started this conversation? Those costs are going to range, depending upon where the person is in the country, anywhere between four dollars and $600 a month, depending upon what type of plan you know, that they select. But those are the hard costs, Sean, that they're going to be looking at. Right, and I, I think a lot of people don't even realize that those are those are coming. They think when once they're going to get on Medicare, those those uh, benefits are going to all be covered. Don't, don't you think that? Yeah, you know, medical costs used to be kind of a side issue when you were looking into retire, and now it's becoming a, a big issue because seniors, uh, you know, even if they start their retirement out fine, later later on in their retirement, they're living longer. They're they're spending more, you know, of their of their money on healthcare related expenses, um, and so I I I talk with seniors that are on uh, fixed incomes, and unfortunately, sometimes you, you you're going to pay somehow. Either you're going to pay the premium for a good supplement plan, or on an advantage plan, if you do end up getting sick, you're going to pay more out of pocket. So uh, for me, uh, as far as advising. Uh, individuals on decisions. It's a question of fixed versus variable costs and where you see your life going in the next few years. Right. Right. Stuart, anything else to add on, on this point? Uh... No, I, I think we need to get to the next portion of this in terms of, um, you know, signing up for Medicare, the steps to take, right. uh, you know, so we can get into the aspects of you know, what do they have to do? What are they facing? What are the challenges they're going to have? And how do they meet those challenges? Okay. So if you want, I'd, I'd like to start with that. Okay, let's go go right down to it. Um, what does somebody need to do? Uh, they're about to turn 65. What's step one? Okay. The federal uh, government program provides a specific seven-month enrollment period for Medicare Part A and B that's centered around their 65th birthday. Uh if they miss the window of opportunity, they're going to pay uh, increased premiums for the Medicare Part B portion for the rest of their life. This is substantial. Um, Medicare Part A covers hospitalization. Medicare Part B covers doctor visits, tests, and therapies. Uh, most people uh, do not pay a premium for Part A. Part B usually carries a premium uh, with individuals or couples with higher incomes obviously paying more. When people are required to sign up for both parts at 65, they can postpone use of, uh, using Part B. Some do that because they don't want to pay the premium and may have better or less expensive insurance from another source, possibly an employer plan. Uh, the penalty is an extra 10% tacked on to the standard Part B premium for every year after 65 that the person did not enroll. You know, this could be substantial. So, so if somebody was uh, 67, for example, they would pay a 20% premium on 
in addition to what they would have if they signed yep. up when they were 65? Yeah, and just to give you what happened this year, about 750,000 Medicare recipients paid uh, a late enrollment fee this year, uh, and on average, the penalty increased their premium by 29%. Mm. Some groups are exempt from uh, Part B penalty, most notably workers and their spouses who have employer coverage and they, did, and, and they want to keep rather than go to Medicare. There are also less common examples, such as uh, for people with end-stage renal disease. However, even those that think they might be exempt should check with Medicare or Social Security, which handles Medicare's premium collection. That's really important. Mm. And I'll add, you know, if there are many seniors now, uh, you know, they're working even after they've reached, you know, 65, uh, or even if they're on uh, disability and under 65, they can qualify uh, for Medicare. But there's there's two main things uh, that you should look into on your uh, employer plan uh, when you turn 65 or when you become eligible eligible for Medicare. Uh, the first is you need to look at your uh, prescription drug card on your group plan and define if it's credible or non-credible. Because if it is a non-credible plan, which means it's not as good as what the base Medicare plan would pay, you can actually start incurring a penalty for not enrolling in a, in a Part D plan, even if you're already covered under your employer. So there could be a, a hidden penalty kind of building with you. So that's the first one, credible or not credible on the drug card. The next thing that you need to look at is which is primary. Uh, because on some small employers, actually, uh, Medicare is primary, and on large employers or employers over 20, then on those plans, the plan is primary. So if you're on a plan on a small employer and you don't enroll in Part B, it can be, even if you're enrolled in the health plan when you turn 65, it could actually be like you're not covered at all. So it's important to, to define those two things for yourself. Um, the other thing that we can talk about as far as what you need to do is there's a lot of issues and a lot of questions in regards to younger spouses. And when you when you get off the group plan or when you're on Medicare, uh, employers and things like that. So it's important to talk with a, a professional that can look into your specific situation uh, because there's there's a lot of different uh, you know positions that you could fit in. Right. Stuart, one of the things you brought up was high earners for high earners. And this has been... From a policy making standpoint, on 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 their radar, a lot of time because I think let's face the facts. Like you said, the trustees uh, said recently, and I, I wrote a blog about this uh, last month. The solvency for the Medicare program has been downgraded a couple of years, and one of the ways that policymakers were looking to combat that was charging higher income people more. Uh, can you explain a little bit more about that, Stuart? Oh yeah, that's the freight train that's coming down the road, and it's coming down the road this year. Uh, and it will increase, you know, through 2018 and 20, it'd be very severe. For example, uh, for those people that are earning in excess of $85,001 uh, and couples that are earning in excess of $170,000, their costs are going to jump from $1,493, depending upon income now, for those above 214000 to $4,775 a year. So, yeah, the, the, the premium increase are, are going to be substantial. Uh, for example, those that are paying the standard $121.80 a month for Medicare Part B would be charged $149 a month in 2017. You know, and those numbers are just going to continue to increase, increase, increase. So what looks like to be three or $400 is going to be between four and five hundred dollars as this uh, transgresses on down through 2018. It's going to be severe. Oh, and I so think Medicare Medicare covered 55 million people last year, uh, and and it's expected to to include 58.7 million uh, people in Part B as we move to 2018. So, more participants, higher costs. Again, it's all, all it's all going to be uh, income adjusted. Mm -hmm. So it's basically people, higher income earners earning a little bit more. Um, well, let's take a time out, and then we'll we'll come back. I want to continue. I want to look at um, number one. If we're moving towards a premium support system, that, that's still on the agenda. But also, I want to 
see if uh, get a little bit closer look at um, health care costs and retirement decisions because uh, this is the really struck a chord already. Uh, Stuart, this is a, a major issue that you just identified. I think a lot of people out there listening right now are affected by it. So we want to take a time out and get our things prepared for you at any point you would like to call, 402-342-1290, We'd be happy to answer any of your questions. By the way, this show is called America's Healthcare Challenge. This is part two of our 10-part series, giving you the tools you need as a healthcare consumer to make your appropriate benefit decisions. And we'll be back right after this. They say every business should have an elevator pitch. Here's ours. We are E.D. Bellis, a consulting company specializing in healthcare reform, helping businesses navigate the new law. For more, go to healthreformexplained.com. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. How will the ACA affect the senior marketplace this year? That is the topic of our show today here on America's Healthcare Challenge, 402-342-1290. Health Reform Explained is the website. If you want to see our thoughts and commentary from this segment and some other ones that we have done over the last five years, we would love to direct you there. Last segment, we were talking about some of the steps one needs to take to sign up for Medicare, and we identified some of the, the issues out there, namely that individuals making more than $85,000 in $1 are going to have uh, some some surprises in, in the mail here in the end of the year as they um, see higher premiums. And this kind of begs the question on making those. How does one make these important decisions? How does one plan for them as they are going towards their retirement? And I wanted to uh, really uh, dive into the fact that health care costs are, are a, a huge part of that, Stuart. And you identified a certain number uh what was that amount of amount that somebody once they turn 65 is going to be on the hook for on average uh it, it starts out you know with with just a couple hundred dollars but it will go up to forty seven hundred dollars on on the high side over two hundred seventeen thousand dollars of income wow yeah and That's then substantial mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then on the other hand too somebody that retires at 65, I think they should plan into their budgeting and their overall retirement the fact that they're going to probably spend between hundred around $150,000, wasn't it, for mm-hmm. um, out-of-pocket expenses during their retirement on average. And, so, and, and some of these statistics show that people who don't plan, I, I have it here uh, in my notes, uh, on the high side, uh, you're looking at $475,000 by several of the think tanks for out-of-pocket expenses during the retirement years uh, based upon life expectancy of both a male and a female uh, in their 80s. Wow. That's a Those significant amount. substantial amendment. numbers. That is, that is substantial. So that begs the question, uh, when, when should I retire if I'm, if I'm someone out there that's, that's thinking about doing that, Stuart? Well, let's just jump back a notch here and let's uh, cover this one uh, question is, 
is this whole program going to turn into a premium support system? True. Uh, and, and this is something that's on the table right now. It would provide a payment on behalf of each Medicare beneficiary towards the purchase of health insurance, either private plans, some Medicare, Medicare Advantage, or traditional Medicare. This approach is called, uh, by some, defined contribution or a voucher approach. This is what's on the table right now. The key difference is that payment for services provided to beneficiaries would be capitated rather than the current approach that ties payments to the specific services that the beneficiaries use. That's what's on the table and could easily be taken up by the next Congress. So that's kind of a last thought on that, uh, you know, as we move into this next segment, which you just asked about, you know, when should I retire? When should I start planning for this stuff? Uh, it's many, uh, many, many reasons uh, why people have a difficult decision in terms of when or should I retire. Uh, this is unlikely to change. Um, future uh, administrations will be under pressure to cut back on Medicare and Social Security benefits. However, the cost of health care is going to continue to surpass inflation. I think that's important, Sean. Yeah, and, I, and I, just to speak on what I'm kind of seeing as I'm talking with people as they're approaching age 65, uh, one of the, the huge things that the Affordable Care Act has done uh, to seniors in their last few years of the under 65 coverage think you're 63 or 64 um, and you know maybe you're ready to retire uh, but what has happened is because the if you retire you go on to the individual market you're being pushed onto the the, the most expensive uh, the, the the worst risk pool out there and so you have some of them maybe they want to retire a little bit early but then they look at the health insurance premium for maybe them and their spouse and it's well over two thousand approaching three thousand dollars and those twilight years as you're approaching retirement those are years when you really you really see the need for health insurance right so it's not like they're they're the young invincibles that are gonna go without it so what you're seeing is you're seeing employees uh, stick with an employer over 65 or even if they you know it, you know god forbid something happens where you have to retire a little bit early that's a huge hit to take um, and of course if they don't enroll in a health plan then they'll they'll, they'll pay they'll pay the penalty uh, uh, for that for that anyway so uh, that's that's one consideration um, I'm telling you when people turn 65 in my experience they're 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 really happy because they get access to the Medicare uh, system which is vastly less expensive, partially because, of course, it's an 80-20% uh, percent split with the federal government on its, you know, in its basis, but also because Medicare uh, takes advantage of lower costs in uh, the fact that they can negotiate really low rates uh, with providers and hospitals. In fact, Medicare uh, rates are the bottom line as far as how uh, reference-based pricing is throughout the whole system. And so that's, that, that's some things to consider. Uh, when should you retire? You know, health is a major impact, and if you're healthy enough to keep working, that's great. But you know, there's 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 a lot going on with people who can't do that, where they're they're really struggling in those those last few years, Sean. Mm -hmm. Stuart, uh, anything um, to add on on that point? Um, because like a lot of people still uh, have in their mind, if I can still work, should I do that? Yeah, and, and again, since we're focusing on the on the Medicare marketplace, uh, and I think we should stick on that and not go you know, back and forth between the the ACA, you know, employer provider, which we covered uh, two weeks ago. We're talking about individuals here that have the decision: should I retire? Should I not retire? Most recent statistics indicate that people who are healthy enough and have a desire to keep working are doing that. And the reason for that is when you get to Medicare age, uh, although the Medicare system uh, is, is pretty well packaged since 1965 and what it provides, uh, a lot of people are under the, the illusion that when you reach 65, Medicare will take care of everything that they had when they were under 65, and it doesn't. It will not take care of long-term care, Medicare will not uh, pay for any of those expenses. Uh, as far as their out-of-pocket expenses are concerned, home health care costs approximately $3,800 a month. 
adult daycare costs $1,400 and change a month. So you're looking at some new expenses that they hadn't thought about, that if they have the decision to work and have the ability and, and are physically able to do that, 60% of retirees are making money or earning benefits, uh, at least one reason why they're working. 36% of those uh, work mainly because they enjoy what they do or they want to stay involved. Uh, according to a study from Oregon State University, working past age 65 could lead to longer lifespans. So this is the current statistics in terms of why a person would want to, in today's economy, uh, to continue to work if they have the ability to do so. Right, right. But on the other hand, their employers are probably facing some challenges, um, and many of them are, are looking at uh, retiree health plans, uh, and uh, and that is an area to explore as a way to, to save costs. Um, retiree health insurance plans, are, are they disappearing, Stuart? Yeah, I, that's an area that uh, I have increased interest in, and will be doing so in, in the next two years. Um, retiree health benefits you know, are important uh, segment of the, the workplace, and they've really served, uh, you know, that segment for a very long time. Usually find this in fairly large employers and, and in union plans. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, been a huge drop in the share of large employers, you know, 200-plus workers offering retiree health from 66% in 1988 to 23% this year. Mm. That's substantial. Right. And again, a lot of that is, is as a result of costs. But you will be seeing uh, retirees have new options, which are the private health exchanges for seniors over 65. And that's a growing movement and it be, because that's another sub-marketplace that the law of large numbers could work. And that's what, really what we're seeing. And so, for example, Medicare-eligible employees can tap into their uh, HRA contributions from their employers if they have it, and to secure public in the uh, public uh, health exchanges that were authorized in 2010 under health care reform. So there are options out there, and you're going to see more movement into the private exchange as an option for uh, retiring seniors. And I think, yeah, and you mentioned union and municipalities, too. All of those places are probably going to be uh, looking at those things. Uh, do you have anything else on that front, Brian? Yeah, they, uh, Stuart's right. You know, they, they are disappearing. And when you when any municipality union company looks at expenses on their health on their health care, they got to make a cut somewhere just because the, the whole tide is rising. And unfortunately, it's disproportionately uh, you know, falling on seniors. Employers say, hey, you know, they, they, they do have eligible, uh, they are eligible for Medicare. So I, you know, let's just let them, you know, go on their own. And it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, those plans are tremendous benefit. If you have any uh, loved ones that you know that, that did have that benefit, it really does add to your retirement security. And that's just like a, a, another, you know, another strike uh, against, uh, you know, seniors that they're getting hit on a lot of different fronts. When we come back, we're glancing ahead at the next segment. Let's take a Stuart uh, a break here, gentlemen. Uh, using the web and doing research before serious Medicare care is undertaken. I think this is a huge point that we're, we're going to look at here coming up next segment. And the reason why is about 10 years ago, there was a study performed by uh, Dartmouth, the Dartmouth Atlas, which found their massive re regional and even local differences in healthcare spending for Medicare beneficiaries. And so using the web and doing research before serious Medicare is undertaken is going to be important. And we're going to be looking at that next here on America's Healthcare Challenge. This is part two of our 10-part series, giving you the tools that you need to make the appropriate decisions for you coming up this fall. 402-342-1290 is the number. Online at Facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. We'll be right back.
Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. E.D. Bellis is a healthcare reform consulting company with valuable information that is up-to-date and easy to understand. We have solutions to manage compliance, minimize penalties and taxes, and all other options. Check out healthreformexplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. You're listening to the first and most listened to radio program on healthcare reform and all of the changes that are happening. And our topic this week is how the ACA affect the senior marketplace this year. And we're joined by Stuart Sloan, president of SIG Consulting. Also, Brian Munderlow with Garvey and Associates talking about uh, using the web and doing research before serious Medicare is undertaken. Uh, a lot of people just seem to be Googling any symptom that they have, and uh, that could be be uh, dangerous. Uh, Stuart, uh, using Google for medical advice, good idea, bad idea? What do you think? Stuart. Yes. What do you think about um, using Google for medical advice? Well, uh, again, uh, Google is a very valuable tool. And uh, according to the, the Journal of American Medical Association, only about 18% of seniors got information this year uh, online. You know, that compares uh, negatively with 60% of adults of all ages, you know, who, who uh, contact Google at least once a year, including 35% who said they rely on web diagnosis uh, for, for their, to diagnose their ailments or the maladies of, of people that they know. So, yeah, in other words, uh, I would think that more people, particularly as we move into 2017 and beyond, before they involve themselves in any serious medical conditions, uh, they really want to search it out and do research uh, much more than they would do, uh, you know, in the past. They spend more time on searching for for travel information for vacations than they do to search out the things that are really important to them, which are the healthcare decisions they have to make. Right. 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 Um, let's see if uh, last week uh, we talked a little bit about telemedicine uh, as well, just to stay on the technology front. Um, do you think this is something that's a, a viable solution for for seniors, Stuart? Very, very much so. And I'm glad you brought that up. It was something I was going to talk about next. Seniors in both the small group marketplace and the large group marketplace are having their employees built in these telemedicine benefits that seniors really should avail themselves of, particularly this year with all these increased costs we're talking about. It would help them in terms of uh, searching out doctor access uh, of people who specialize in certain areas that they're considering for medical treatment, prescription drug savings, shop and price for certain procedures they're interested in, uh, to to sync their medical benefits with what they have already, you know, in a med, in whatever Medicare supplement uh, program they have, to locate providers in their area if they want for a second opinion, uh, and also to look up uh, health management content, look up the things that surround the conditions or procedures they're considering, so they have the backup information of knowing the right questions to ask the providers they're going to involve themselves in those procedures. I think that background information and research is critical, you know, moving forward. You know, one, one simple thing that I know the seniors um, utilize me to do and, and they, they can do online is, and they need to do every year, is to enter all their prescription drugs uh, into Medicare.gov. And if, they have, if you haven't done that, 
uh, this year yet. The plans are, are being released. Um, but things change on the prescription drug front. So last the last year, your, your drug may have been on one tier. Uh, it may be on a different tier this year. There may be another generic that has come out. Um, and so it's important, even if you're going to stick with the plans, to, to get on those tools and, and to find out um, you know, what's, what's the, the right plan for you. Like I said, there are uh, drugs going generic. Uh, and then if, if you're not actively looking on that, you, you may be losing out on uh, a better benefit plan or maybe another prescription that, that could uh, lower some of your costs. So those are a couple important factors that, uh, that you really should do annually uh, or, or when things change. You brought up Medicare.gov there, Brian um, Stewart, uh, searching for hospital quality care. Medicare.gov is one resource. Uh, some other ones out there, Hospital Compare, Rx Comparison Sites, and uh, these physician quality ratings. A- any um, things to uh, offer to the audience on, on those programs and why those might be beneficial for them? Yeah, because there are various rating services that come out uh, you know, every year. Um, and it, it's something that uh, that people should look into. There's U.S. Uh, News and World Report. Uh, there's there's other different consumer sites, uh, and they all come out with quality ratings in terms of physicians and/or hospitals. For example, this year, uh, many of the well-known hospitals failed to score five stars on Medicare's new five-star rating system. And that's really important because. Uh, as Ryan had mentioned a second ago, things change on a year-to-year basis. Uh, and it, and if, if a physician has admitting privileges in several different hospitals, uh, that's something that needs to be checked out. Um, I'm looking forward to total knee replacement surgery uh, shortly, and that's one of the things that I will be doing, and I always do. Uh, and I suggest that the readers do the same for their own benefit, to know what they're getting into. Yeah, I'd, I'd second that because, you know, for a lot of people that are on Medicare and, and supplement plans, uh, you can go to any Medicare accepting provider. So you you don't have to be locked in, Many seniors don't have to be locked into uh, the, the first recommendation that they may get from their primary care physician. And some of the best physicians out there, uh, they, they're, they're, they may not be associated with a large hospital chain. They may be at an orthopedic hospital and things like that. And so it really pays to do that. Uh, that research in in advance, um, and to to make sure that uh, you've you've opened yourself uh, up to these these providers, and you can save both on quality and on cost, and that's another uh, important thing. That the most expensive, you know, just because you're not paying uh, out of pocket, uh, it's still something you need to look at to see because you know it's not just the cost; it's the quality of, of that service that you need to be concerned at. And so, even, like I said, even if there's no out-of-pocket cost for you, maybe you're on a supplement plan, still look into it because it will affect your outcomes. Right, right. Stuart, any, anything up else to add on, on these fronts? We, we, we've got about a minute on this segment left before we get into uh, some of the drivers of spending. No, I, I think uh, the points that we just you know covered are, are really important. The research is critical, and there's a lot of it out there. Uh, it's a much more transparent world in terms of getting at this uh, for a person to just spend a, a little bit of time on the web and check out what's available in their in their geographical area. Right, right. Exactly. And so we've got um, one more segment for you all, folks, uh, here on America's Healthcare Challenge. I'm, I'm really excited. People are texting me. People are uh, commenting on our Facebook page wanting to know where they can find all this fabulous information. And the answer is healthreformexplained.com, where we'll put uh, all of this together in a nice little package with a nice little bow on top so you can really get an understanding of how this all meets. Uh, When we come back, Stuart and Brian and me are going to give you our our final thoughts, and we're going to look at the drivers of Medicare spending. I think we've identified some pain for some people, namely that the costs are going to be going up for a lot. That's because spending is going up. Why is that? What's causing all of that? And what can we do to solve that problem? We'll talk about that next on America's Healthcare Challenge. Are you a business owner seeing your bottom line squeezed by rising healthcare costs? I'm Sean McGuire, and I founded ED Bellis Healthcare Consulting to provide health reform consulting so that your business does not get caught off with all the uncertainty in Washington. 
I was there on Capitol Hill when the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, was created, and I have read the entire bill. Let me guide you through the maze of the American bureaucracy as you adapt to changing government rules and regulations that will impact your organization regardless of size. I offer custom services, including cost reduction strategies, training seminars for you and your employees, and strategic planning to help you prepare for the future. Regardless of what the Supreme Court decides, this issue is here to stay. Contact me today for a free consultation at www.healthreformexplained.com. That's www.healthreformexplained.com. At E.D. Ballas, we know healthcare. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Do you like being the smartest person in the room? Go to healthreformexplained.com and learn about being a licensed E.D. Bellis healthcare consultant. Know enough about Obamacare to be dangerous because you'll be personally trained by me, Sean McGuire. Click healthreformexplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Just enough time for one more segment this week on uh, America's Healthcare Challenge. Thanks so much for your time to taking it uh, to listen to it. Uh, Facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. Make sure to like that page and we will be putting out all of these segments with Stuart Sonnen, president of SIG Consulting and Brian Munderlow, employee benefit and Medicare specialist at Garvey and Associates talking about tools for seniors in uh, and how the ACA will affect the senior marketplace this year, 2017, a big year. Medicare spending continues to go up. Drivers of Medicare spending, guys. Stuart, let me start with you. Doctors uh, doing more tests in their office, is that one of the main things that's causing that? Yeah, very much so. Uh, They're getting very slick in terms of finding new devices and new ways uh, to obviously generate more more income. Uh, So they they have, uh, just to give you an example, uh, one device that they've used is, is to test whether people sweat in response to low-voltage current, uh, a way to diagnose nerve damage. Testing for that condition rose nationwide uh, this past year, and to make more profit from Medicare for doing that. So Medicare's tab for services like this rose dr- rose drastically uh, this past year to $135 million. In each case, a small cadre of doctors adopted services like this much faster than their peers. So spikes in thousands of services the government pays for are one big driver of runaway health costs. The agency paid doctors, labs, and other medical providers for at least 11,448 services during this past year. It's huge. So they're doing more tests, and it's very lucrative for doctors to invest in machines and to do some of these tests. Lots of defensive medicine. It sounds like too that that's causing that. Yeah the the basis very, very of the so. the basis of the, the Medicare system, of course, is a fee for service, and so um, you you, you kind of it's fighting with where some people want healthcare to go, and that's a more of an outcome based uh, approach uh, where it's it's not doctors being reimbursed, you know, you know, for every single thing that they do, but how are they able to you know lower your blood pressure, or how are they uh, able to um, you know, reduce hospital admissions, uh, you know, and, and questions like that are really big questions. And so as an individual acting in the system, sometimes it's hard to, to know, should I have a test or should I not? Yeah, I want to listen to my doctor. Um, you know, you still want to trust your doctor, but, you know, just just make sure that you're, you're, you're doing, you know, that you and your doctor are, are in communication and that, um, that they have the right the right outlook on on how they perceive you know your your care that they're caring about you as the individual and they they're going for your health rather than just saying hey we're going to run this test because you know it's what we do. 
Right. And you brought up um, hospital readmissions. One of the things that was a concern of policymakers is they're putting together the ACA hospital care concerns. Um, Stuart, um, any thoughts on uh, hospital care concerns or, or observational care concerns that, that people yeah, need to know be, about? Before we get to that, let's just cover uh, you know one other area, and then we jump into the, that last piece, which is doctors are improperly billing some on Medicare, uh, you know, and this is widespread around the country. It's 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 commonplace. Some high utilization areas, for example, you know, California, Florida, uh, Cayuga County, you know, uh, Ohio, uh, are high utilization areas, and we're seeing massive uh, amounts of, of this overbilling. Medicare, as it as it is, allows for a maximum of fifteen percent in excess of Medicare. Anything in excess of that is excessive. But there's some other areas here. Uh, you brought up some of them. Uh, for example, the the hospital readmission penalties. Uh, Medicare has got a, a huge penalty uh, to, you know, to penalize hospitals for readmissions uh, that are not justified. Those penalties uh, run a total of $528 million, an increase this year of $108 million over last year. So, you know, the readmission rate is is significant. And it's things like uh, uh, myocardial infarction, uh, knee replacements, uh, things that we all recognize, but the readmission for, obviously, poor care is huge. And it's all over the country. You know, one thing, you know, that, that I see, and, and I've heard... I've you know, heard, heard people describe this is that a lot of seniors are on a lot of different medications uh, and they go to a doctor, their heart doctor, their primary care doctor, uh, you know, their, their, their other ologists out there and they have uh, m- many different medications and, and sometimes uh, the, there's, there's a breakdown of communication. Um, and when we talk about what, what may be driving some of the costs, you know, hospital admissions are there and a lot of times, you know, we've talked before about um, one of the leading causes of death in the United States is medical error. And sometimes where that happens is uh, there's no one uh, advocate for that senior or that not, not one person who can see everything that's going on. And so um, just just this week, I, you know, I, I was speaking with someone whose a mother was admitted to the hospital. And at three days into the, the stay, they finally realized what was causing it. And it was uh, uh, an adjustment in her thyroid medication that was 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 causing uh, uh, her her heart uh, issues to to come, but it wasn't three days in there before that they they realized that oh wait this this doctor changed this one medication and so when we talk about uh, costs and health in general and when we talk about having a patient centered model you know it, it's not just we're, we don't just need to do it. Uh, because we're saving costs, but we really need to do it because it's the right way to keep people healthy out of the hospital and in alive. Great, great. All right, Stuart, um, thanks so much for joining us here on the program. We look forward to having you back next time up against the end of the show, but uh, looks like we covered a lot, and uh, you can make sure to check that out on healthreformexplained.com. Talk to you later, Stuart. Brian, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you to the listeners for listening this week. We um, are trying to provide a public service here, trying to give you the information that you need to help get this all covered and for more information on this, check out edbellisinc.com. They're going to be having a new website coming up. And there's a really good industry report. Your ACA guide is going to be on there, downloadable for free. So make sure to check that out. And until next time, I'm Sean McGuire. We'll see you then.